We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. I mean, it's 2019 and I don't even know how we got here. 19. I feel like yesterday, just yesterday. It was 2005. Now, I don't know if it was 2005, but yesterday was definitely 2017 in my book. Like, I swear, 2018 just flew by. Like, And I know people say that all the time, but for some reason, this past year, it was really uh, a serious, hey, I don't know where this time time went. But I kind of think it's because there was things that I was supposed to be doing. Like, I kind of set some goals last year, and I played games with myself, and I didn't <laughs> do anything. So... <laughs> So I have some outstanding goals that I had to add to my 2019 goal list because, yeah, 2018, I was just not getting it done. Yeah, I couldn't believe, like, as I thought about it, there were so many, like, key things that happened in 2018 that mm-hmm. were good. Like, it was, like, some big highs, mm-hmm. some moderate lows but when i think about lows of this year compared to lows of last year i mean well 2018 compared to other years i mean like it's just like mm, it's not as bad because a lot of my friends were saying 2018 was like their worst year ever and i was just like man well it wasn't that bad for me i mean it was some like dips um but it was some good moments it was more kind of like i feel like when we come to every year, we have these like extreme. Now there are certain cases like when you lose people in certain years, or exactly. like you graduate. Like de- yeah, yeah. When you graduate, that's one thing. But it usually most years are pr- to me pretty much the same. Kind of uh, consistent, right? Have, yeah, you have your highs, you have your lows. <laughs> it's like well, I'm expecting twenty twenty nineteen to be great, and I'm like, guys, it's gonna be. Unless you have a loss yeah. or you're graduating yeah. or maybe you get a new job. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of those things, it's, <laughs> it's pretty gonna much go going to be, <laughs> I mean, you can't stay on the high 365 days right. and the low 365. Right. So it's just going to, It's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not being like optimistic enough. But I think I'm you're just being like, fair. Cause it's what's so interesting is every time I see at the end of the year, when I see all these, like this was the worst year ever, you know, I'm leaving tw- everything in 2018 and we're going to 2019. And I questioned myself. I'm, I was like, like question, of course it's a lot of posts that I see. And I question like, are you guys being realistic with your expectations for the year? Because I think there is going to be like, there's going to be a balance, right? You're going to have some really great things that are going to happen. I feel like if you plan accordingly, and then you're going to probably have some not so good things that happen that you can't really plan for. And I mean, outside of maybe like a major loss or a number of major losses, I don't know if like it's fair to, I think you just setting yourself up to come back to have this same experience next year, right? Like, 
I, 2018 was the worst year ever. I got to um, cut off people. Yeah, I got to cut people cut. off. And then 2019 is like you back with the same thing. It's kind of like, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, pause, time out. You know, like. <laughs> what confuses me is the people who were posting about how great their life was all through the year. And then, and then at the end of the year, the end, they the said worst. this was the worst. <laughs> and I'm like, now wait a minute. <laughs> You've been sitting on the ground. Time, right. At what point in time did it become the worst? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's real, you know, it's it's real interesting. But I will say though, for me, um, this year so I typically, and I think I, we've talked about this, um, like I typically am not like a New Year's resolution type person. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's really, I've kind of viewed it as like, okay, so this is just a next, like it's a tomorrow. <laughs> it all, it kind of is just all life and all goes together. But for whatever reasons recently, I started to feel this like, okay, well, you know what? separating things by years in terms of like being able to document certain things it makes a bit more sense um i think really last year or or going leaving out of last year out of 2018 made me understand how fast time goes by and how Mm -hmm. you can say that i want to do something but literally if you don't come up with a plan for it, it it'll be the end of the year and you'll still be saying like oh i want to do this so i kind of I took my goals from the year before, which two of them, one of them actually was a goal from the year before that. So 2017. So I'm like two years in a hole, which is kind of embarrassing. But, you know, you know, we're brunch culture. So everything's up for discussion. So I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, you and everybody else, we all have stuff <laughs> right. we were supposed to do like five years ago that we still haven't done. Right. right. So, I, you know, I, I have... um like a few things that have that have come but three really major things that i'm like okay so i gotta be really really intentional and really really serious about these things um one of them is actually studying um i am not going to put out what i'm studying for which if you know you know if you don't good (laughs) um because i was actually reading this one guy that was kind of like we set ourselves up when we start to talk about the preparation for something or like, I'm going to be doing this. And you put all this pressure of like, oh, I'm not going to have a life. I ain't going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. And then literally you say those words and the weight of it. And you're just like, Man, I don't feel like going through all of that. As opposed to just being like, I have something going on. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to focus on it. So that's like my new thing of I'm going to try this approach to knock this thing out. Um, I'm actually really going to be mindful of like my eating habits. Like I have cut carbs for this year. Um, well, I don't know if I'm going to oh, go for man. the full year, but I'm definitely trying to shoot for at least like six months. Um, as you say that I'm planning to go to payway after the <laughs> record and after I run my errands, I got to get lunch. I'm like, yeah. payway. I I had dinner last night oh, and I had salmon and broccolini and spinach and it was actually really good. Mm. Yeah, it is really good. It's just it don't stick with you long enough though. That's it. And so you got to eat a lot. That's the other thing. Like I kept like last night I got the munchies and I was like shoot, not the munchies because I was high, but just the munchies. Like I was hungry. Um, and I went and got like some grapes and I was like, you know, this stuff just flies through me, man. Like I. I really miss this. 
So, but that's, that's my other thing. Like I'm really going to be mindful of like, you know, what I'm putting into my body from a food aspect. Cause I don't know if it's just this getting older thing, but it, it, I feel it. Like I feel it a lot, a lot, a lot. Like I completely feel the difference in my body. So I'm trying to be mindful of that. And then I'm really going to be aggressive about, you know, taking some, um, doing better financially and and when I say doing better financially, I mean about like taking more like an, a more aggressive approach of saving. So I have this I have one plan, like a financial plan I put together for myself that is very strict or I'll say lean. And when I start looking at the amount of money that I could save and still like, you know, enjoy still be able to make a happy a, a happy hour a week, still be able to catch a movie um, I, t- I typically will go to movies like twice a month. So I was like, I still can do this. Like, it's a lot of entertainment, like just kind of leisure stuff that I can do and save a good bit of money. And then when I realized that I put that together and <laughs> I could be saving it, but I don't, it's like, dang, you gotta, you really gotta do better, bro. Like you really do have to. So those are like my three focal points for this year. Like I'm really just trying to, to be, yeah. to get that done. Yeah, mine is to read more, mm-hmm. delegate more. Mm. Um, like for my organization, uh-huh. I've staff positions. Thankfully, financially, we're growing, so right. I've been able to hire nice. four different people. Nice, congratulations! And I want to create okay. systems. Now they're not on payroll; they're independent contractors. <laughs> That's all good. You still paying? Them? I want to say that. Uh, just in case the IRS is listening. Um, <laughs> uh, but I want to create systems because TD Jake said something that I think that stuck with me. He says that you can't, you can hire people to do it, but you can't hire people to think it. Like you have to be the one, the visionary, and you can't be boggled down with every single detail. True. At first, you have to, but if you create systems like. I want to create like when I think about like going on vacation or taking a break, if everything falls on me, I can never take a break. So it's like creating systems that things can function without me being present. And so that's what I want to be. Yeah, I used I used to have a a hard time giving stuff over. But now I'm just like, this thing you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's good. so I'm excited about that. Yeah. No, and also be more intentional about relationships and mm. visiting people and making that a priority over work. So I did probably, yeah, I probably need to add that as a fourth one for myself. Cause that's, that's really important. Like last, last week I ended up going to, um, there's a friend from, um, undergrad that lives here now <laughs> And I ended up going to a alumni event um, to watch our bowl game, which was super fun. It was real last minute. Like she texted like that morning and was like, hey, you know, at one o'clock, we're going to watch the bowl game. You you should come over. You should come through. And then I was like, all right, cool. And I literally at the last I was like laying in the bed and I was like, OK, I got stuff to do. But you know what? I'm going to get up and go do this and then I'll just do the stuff once I'm done. And I went and had a ball and I was like, you know what? This was that spontaneous, unplanned, like just get up and go for it type of situation. And I'm like, I enjoy those things. I need to do that more. But I'm so 
busy being like, oh, well, I'm tired from work. I just want to go chill. Like right now, I really just want to be in my bed doing nothing. But <laughs> it's like, yo, you got to do those things. Like that kind of stuff is important because I think it, it plays to your overall just like your overall well-being, just feeling happy and good about, you know, life and what you're doing. And it's it's that balance. And yeah, yeah. I think I realized that when I have experienced like some really good highs and achieved some really good goals this past year. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it really doesn't feel like you think it will. And so because of that, it's like you might as well enjoy like actually the high of accomplishing a goal is very short lived. Right. And you get more enjoyment from being around people you care about than even achieving those goals. Right. So I focus on still be focused and driven, but know that it's never going to be, it's never going to feel like you think it will feel. Yeah. And so why put all your eggs in that basket? Yeah. Cause I think it does like it will, but it's not, it doesn't last as long. I think that's, yeah, the thing. it's like, a temporary. High. Yeah. Like you be on that high literally on Tuesday and then Wednesday morning, you'd be like, all right, well, it's time to do something else. You know what I mean? Like you might engage with or people. Or somebody will like, critique it in a way. Yeah. Like, Hey, and it was like, I think you could do X, Y, and Z better. And then you start rethinking the whole thing. Like, right. Hey, it was good. I thought right. it was, but right. I guess not. I like <laughs> sensationalized. So like the, the, one of the things, the kind of biggest things that happened was just like career shift for me um, last year. And like, I mentally sensationalized that feeling that pay bracket that <laughs> new responsibility i had all of this like oh man this is gonna be great in my mind and i can't wait and you know i think i'm ready i know i'm ready for it yada 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 and then i got into it and was like so nobody told me about the bs over there that's gonna come. <laughs> like i didn't know about the bs like y'all and one of my friends in all fairness she actually kept saying like you know, I there's 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 things that come with this. You exist in a bubble, yada yada yada. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. People aren't like that. This isn't the case. And then the BS came, and the BS showed up maybe like day two of me being in the position. Day one was I saw it a little bit. It like kind of like peeked out from behind the the, the, the door. It was like, hey, you see me? Then the next day, it was just like. Yeah, I'm here, and this is a part of your job is constant BS, and it's like, oh. Yeah, I feel like the first week of you telling me about it, it's just like your all your excitement had left already. Right, because it was like, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Like, nobody. Nobody ain't tell me nothing, yo. Like, I, all of this, I, you know. So I think you're right. I agree with you. You got to – we got to <laughs> – find that happiness or that high other things um because honestly sensationalizing oh i can't wait till i get there and then you get there and be like you know what where i was wasn't that bad i you know this little this little pay cut i it might be okay i think i could deal with it that's not and you already know the trifling stuff i experienced yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's always something yeah so well, let's get you know, into this uh, mimosas and OJ. Because um, I was what, like, speaking of trifling, you know what was trifling? Bird Box. Oh, Bird Box. That little voice was trifling. <laughs> Everybody, what was interesting to me is people kept like, at some point in time, it's like, yo, don't you realize you can't take it off? Just do not take it off, especially when you hear the voice. Like, don't take it off now. I don't. 
I guess yeah, it's I different. I saw the one that there. said your student loans will be paid. No, nah, I probably yeah. You know, you know, we advocate for student loan payoff all the time here. It would probably be taken off. I ain't gonna even lie. I'd be like, well, you know what? But I kept in my mind, if you just like look with one eye and just kind of peek a little bit, then you can just like let it go. You can like close it real fast. But I guess it don't really work like that because apparently, like when you see it, you get enamored and immediately captured by it. Like I don't. I, I like to think that there was a way for me to get through that with being able to see a little bit because if you notice they kept they would show you like sandra bullock's uh her perspective in her with the blindfold over and so she could see like shadows and things moving around her and so for me it was kind of like well if you can kind of see a little bit like maybe you can still you just need like a little peephole because then you won't <laughs> you get the people it's not big enough for you to just see everything so you can just see a little bit and go i don't know that's, i that's don't know why the black man had to die i was like well he couldn't have made it to the end it would but been, i mean yeah. somebody got to save but i mean it would have been dope as when if when they have, had gotten there like some kind of way he would have showed up in my mind yeah. i was like oh that would have just been really really cool but you know i don't know did, overall did you enjoy it though the second time I enjoyed it more than the first time. The first okay. time I was just like, mm. but the first time I didn't really watch it closely. The second time I was like, oh, okay. I, people said they didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was nice. Yeah. So a lot it was of people, a nice little twist. Yeah. A lot of people that I heard, um, well, that did not like it was because of the ending. Like, it was just like, you know, it didn't wrap it up. I think for me, people kept asking, one of my friends kept saying like he wanted, he was like, they never explained what the thing was, but I was like, they did. Like they explained what happened. Like the guy was like, you know, um, I think it was Lil Rail's character was like, you know, we've been judged and, and, um, you know, mankind has been judged and found to be, uh whatever it is and this is why this this type of thing happened and then i think that it was the the guy that ended up um she he came in the house later he was kind of like the he was with that group of people and he was like he uh got away and he ran until he got there and they came the one that ultimately ended up turning and like trying to take the babies or whatever mm-hmm. um i hated him yeah he was really and that time when the man came and tried to shoot him and he was like Running back and forth. That was hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, so like they kind of explained it. But for me, when I hear like end of the world movies, it to me is like there is no there's no fix. It's the end of the world. Like you kind of you know what I'm saying? Like there's a way I think a lot of people are looking for. Well, how do we how does mankind overcome this? How do we get through this? How do we do? And it's like, no, it's the end of the world. Like you have to learn how to adapt to it or you die. That's just it. Like what was interesting is I Am Legend came on. Um, I ended up watching I Am Legend like that, like right after watching that. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like, guys, it's the end. It's survival of the fittest. Like, that's what these movies are about. I mean, obviously, in real life, we would want that to happen. But that's just, you know, it's that's how this works it's it's the end of the world it's done like you there is no you know disney movie storybook how we resolve the issue it's just an issue yeah definitely i yeah did you were you how did you enjoy the memes they were great they were all hilarious um they got increased so i watched it i only i watched it on christmas day so i was late 
Um, I was a little late because I I still saw a lot of memes and I just didn't know what they were and I just kept ignoring them because I was like, I don't know. What <laughs> and then when I saw them, I was like, oh, okay, this is really good. This is super dope. Yeah, yeah. that the memes to me made the movie live and the marketing gene. Like I didn't even know about Bird Box until Christmas week, and mm. apparently it's been like a thing for a couple months, but. Sandra Bullock had off. She made a lot of money on this one because she produced it. Oh, nice. So, okay. yeah. I didn't even realize she produced it. Yeah. But you know what's coming on? B2K. Oh. It's... I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I said coming on. I meant tour is coming up. The fact that when the song came on, I don't know if it was on uh, something like a commercial or scrolling down my timeline. I didn't realize that I remember every single word to uh huh, like uh, the raps and the everything. And I was like, it's amazing what the brain remembers. Yeah, there's some stuff yesterday I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> so the fact that I remember uh huh is a testament to how many times I have seen it. I saw that video as a child. I was gonna say I don't even know the 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 one song that I remember from them is the bump 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 song. Oh yeah, we were in so. Uh, Two of my friends were were really big B2K fans. Um, and my, my homegirl, she was just like, I kept messing with her. When I saw it, I sent it to her. And she was like, we going? I was like, no, nah, I'm just not. I'm good. Like, it, it's going to be, it's, I'm sure it'll be interesting. Like, I would maybe like to, like, walk in and take a picture of the audience. Because now this is literally going to be women in their 30s like people's mamas just going crazy and it's so funny though because i remember being a kid and you know new edition and them talking about how new edition boys to men them talking about how you know now it's just a it's a different environment because we're older our fans are older and i'm like dang that's really what it's gonna be all these little girls that was like 10 and 13 they like grown now and they all about to go crazy and put on these nineties outfits. I mean, these early two thousand outfits to go see B two K. Yeah, but apparently, this I mean, it's a big it's it's a big deal. I mean, do you plan to go? Nah. Yeah, but I think it's, <laughs> she said, nah. You know, when I think of it, like I kind of when I think of B two K, I think about their story with Chris Stokes. And it kind of ties into what our main dish is, so I'm not going to, like, go that deeply. But, you know, Raz B claims that all of them were molested by Chris Stokes. True. The, the man who created that. And so when I think about that, I'm just like, Whatever man. happened to all of that, though? Because it was like a story for a minute. It was like a big thing for a minute. And then all of a sudden, it just went away. Because nobody would testify to it but him. So they act like he was just making it up. Oh, um, Because nobody, Jay Boog, Omarion, Lil Theus, went and say. And I don't know if that w- they were ashamed or if it didn't really happen. I'm more, I have, I kind of believe that it probably did happen. Um, and he said that, like, it was a thing with like Batman two and Romeo and what yeah. was the other guy name from Immature? Yeah, I remember. I remember there being a thing. I don't remember the guy's name, but I remember the guys of Immature. Um, Marcus Houston, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. He. I, I remember him making a, oh, that a was video. His name. 
I remember him mm-hmm. making like a video saying, you know, I had never been touched. And, you know, if I if I if I if that was true, I wouldn't mind saying it because, you know, p- people need to be held accountable. People need to be held accountable. But this is all lies. I never knew about this. I never experienced it. I never all this other stuff. Um, and that was when they I think they start saying that the other guy that said it, he was like crazy because he was um he was like overseas or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just remember they they had these videos of him like spazzing out, and it was just real like, what happened? But it was interesting though because it seemed like it was a thing for a little while, at least for me. And then all of a sudden it went away. Like, mm-hmm. no people stopped talking about it. All of a sudden, like uh, uh, the other guys, I don't even remember their name. Omari on them, they end up on like Love and Hip Hop, and then just nobody talks about it anymore. So I was like. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming they resolved it. Like, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. And I just felt like, why would he make that up? Like, you know, as yeah. a, as a black male, I, I don't think he would have made that up. Like people, that's not something people usually be saying. I, I'm never, I've, it's unlikely for a black man to make that up. Yeah. Cause it just, it, it begs the question though. Like what, what was he going to get out of, saying it and not that you know people are incapable of doing that but just like you know making that claim and saying that well, what what were you what was gonna come good to you by saying that like yeah chris you, stokes ain't ain't no hit no more yeah i mean he had b2k and immature those were his groups and they weren't hits and wasn't he so like he like, was just their manager right like he managed yeah he them. like put the groups together i oh, think okay okay um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, unless he like sitting on like some money that, or I don't know. I it does. It wouldn't make sense for that to not be for me at least. It wouldn't make sense for somebody to just come up with uh, that kind of statement just for the sake of like, oh, I'm gonna get back at you. Like, I mean, at the time, nobody was che- was anybody checking for B2K. Like, no, I think nobody B2K was checking, was checking for, them. for B2K. So, they had that movie. Uh, what's that? What it was pop locking. The dance movie. What's the name of it? They were all those movies were trash, but (laughs) there was, I don't even remember the name of it. What's the name of it? Let's hold on. Let's Google it. Cause I remember, um, I just remember Lil' Kim was in one of them and I remember, uh, I remember that's it, but it was so like, it was so the acting was the worst. Like I remember I actually sat at my, my homegirl's house in high school and sat there and watched it. And those movies were the worst. Like the, the one boy was crying. I remember some little boy ended up getting shot. And so the boy ends up breaking down, but like everybody kind of breaks down, but then you got people in the background that didn't seem like they was really breaking down crime, but then they remember they were supposed to be. So then they started, it was just real awkward. The acting with that girl, it was the, the girl that ended up the uh, light skinned girl from my wife and kids. Was she in that movie? Mm-hmm. Acting so. was terrible. Like it was just, yeah, I don't know. I think that was like shot on iPhone 3GS before the iPhone 3GS came out. Like yeah, because just... I think uh, Free and AJ were in there, which AJ is actually being accused of um, uh, assaulting 10 women. Um, 10? Oh, man, I just heard about like three. I just, I was just. No, two additional just came out, but man. it was. She's been denying this for this when the, like, the whole Me Too movement first started happening. People started accusing him. 
when that happened and he denied it. And then I just saw, and I thought he was getting away with it Man. because I was like, they must just going to overlook that. And I was like, yeah, I don't, it's so weird though, because this is what, and we're going to get into this later, but like, I feel like we have to, it's so, we really have to check like our connections and ties to celebrity, right? Because I'll be quite honest, when I, when I saw the uh, first article about um, AJ, this was yesterday. And I was like, nah, man, not AJ. He wouldn't have done that. And then I thought, bro, you don't know him. <laughs> like, You have no idea who this man is for real. And then I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know this guy. But immediately I felt that way, though, simply because I started thinking about my childhood and watching 106 in Park and thinking like, I mean, this AJ from 106 in Park. AJ with and he, like, and he seemed so lame on 106 in Park. It, yeah, it was literally like, but I think it was that that part of his personality though that made him connect to so many young people because I guess like the lameness in him then was kind of like the lameness in us then. So it was like, yeah, like it's AJ. Like it just. Yeah, I was like, this is AJ. Like, AJ wouldn't do that. And then I, like, I go to, I save the article and I went to go read it. And I was like, yo, the funny thing is, that was your initial, like, knee jerk response of, like, not AJ. And I have to remind myself, I do not know this man from a can of drying paint. Like, literally, he came on one hour on my TV or somebody else's TV when I didn't have cable. (laughs) And he introduced, uh videos and talk to celebrities and some kind of way i think that this man is like my homeboy or at least my homeboy from my childhood and so i almost want to doubt what he's done it's like or what potentially have done right because i mean we don't know but there's we i want to doubt what he could potentially have done and that was like my initial response i was like yeah i gotta come on bro you gotta check yourself like that's not this this can't be a thing yeah aj aj and free so Kevin Hart is going back and forth. Ellen says she wants to advocate for him. Um, like she's like he's he's apologized, so let's move forward. Um, I've heard so many mixed um, responses from this. People actually got mad at Ellen. Um, mm. I, I watched CNN last night, and they had um, Don Don Lennon was on there with the guy. He writes the articles for the... He's on there all the time, the black guy. Keep um, Boykin? Not Keep Boykin, the other one. He writes for the Washington Post. Is it Washington Post? The New York Times? I don't know. I can't remember his name, but they okay. were saying that Ellen, because she's a white woman, um, she has no right to speak on those things because that really what Kevin was saying was about black men. Um, and so... Um, it's just really interesting. I think, honestly, I think he's going to end up hosting. Um, I think the Oscars are doing this so they could, so they could like say they, you know, went through all of this, um, and get some sympathy, I guess. Um, but I don't. I think he's going to end up hosting. What was she saying? What were they saying that she can't speak on? Because he's apologizing. He apologized to her as her me representing a part of the LGBTQ community. 
Oh, and, and so it's kind of like she, a. They said she can't. She can't accept the apology on behalf of the whole community when his comments were specifically about they were saying black male uh, uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, okay, so I could see that because when at first I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know. I, I guess when I saw the video of Ellen, and it was a clip that I saw yesterday on on IG. And she just said, um, she was like, you know, I called the Academy and I talked to them and I kind of stopped there and was just enamored with the fact that she just picked up the phone to call the Academy. Like, (laughs) and she's like, yeah, I talked to them and I told them and you're, you know, you're a great guy and you're a funny guy and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, wait, what? Like one individual just picked up the phone and called them, huh? And just, you know, told them to reconsider. And they said, she was like, maybe there's a misunderstanding or maybe we didn't handle it right. And. I was like, huh, you just call them and that's what they all say based on you call it. And they're like, hey, I'm ready for him to, for, for him to still host it. Um, what's interesting is I probably think that he will host as well. Um, I think from I had heard about Kevin Hart's the party that he had for his son um, on on Thanksgiving. It was a Cowboys and Indians party. And the party apparently was on Thanksgiving. And people had a people took issue with it, obviously, on on social media, which for me, I always say, okay, so these are celebrities. They kind of everybody's going to have an opinion about it. You know, we know the, the catchphrase about what opinions are. So it's like at some point in time, I think it's better for you to just not say anything and just to move on post the pictures of what y'all did um post the pictures of you know this is the party that we had and then i'm just moving on i'm not saying anything um but when people kept saying hey this is offensive and how could you do this you had a cowboys and indians party um and and he you saying like uh, he ends up coming out with a statement saying you know i played this game when i was a kid and and that game was innocent and it was like well, while it may have seemed innocent to you as a kid, when you get older, you start realizing, hmm, we have all these shows of cowboys or te- television shows or games of cowboys and Indians. And the cowboys are going out to get the Indians and the Indians, quote unquote, are always bad and horrible. And his just his lack of wanting to own up like, you know what? I understand how it was offensive literally in planning this party. None of us thought about it because we really thought about it from the same innocent place. You know, I don't apologize for having the party, but I apologize if it comes that way or I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to put it out there, let y'all talk and then I'm going to keep it moving. Um, But the fact that he didn't respond to that and when it was something that came up about like, because to me, it's like that that didn't show really a, a, a concern for people's feelings, more so of this thing with the Oscars seem like this is something that's going to like potentially impact uh, impact my, my continuous bag. So now I want to issue an apology like while he apparently apologized before. Now it's like, OK, so now I'm going to address this. Now I'm going to step down so I, I don't be forced to do this. And I'm going to seem as like the bigger person because this is going to somehow impact my my bag. I don't know. I don't see him if Ellen kind of gave him the okay, then I could see him going to host without feeling a need to say something to uh, 
black men or say anything to any other minority because quite honestly from that whole cowboys and indians thing my takeaway from that was like so you're at the point that you don't really have to acknowledge the the feelings or the hurt feelings of the the minorities that you feel like not gonna pay for you anyway like i just don't think i feel like if it was a, a genuine true concern then you could hear those and be like yo I get it. This is offensive. The the mere fact of saying that, like, it's cowboys and Indians and you're talking about Native Americans, like, fam, I am not an Indian. Stop saying that dumb. <laughs> like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like that whole, the mere the title of it in, it in and of itself is offensive. Um, and so I feel like, but having just no concern to say anything about that at all is kind of like, well, I don't really think that you care ultimately about the feelings of these poor minorities in your mind. Like, and I mean, obviously he still gets the bad. Yeah. yeah. He, he says, you know, we took issue with the way he talked about his wife and ex-wife. Um, that still, I still have problems with that. Yeah. It's just, I, cause, cause I guess for me, it's, there's this thing of, you know, you can you can easily just not say anything. And you're a public, you're a celebrity. And I, I can only imagine how annoying it is that every time you say something, somebody has something to say, like you can never do anything right. But I think I look at other celebrities that just kind of live their life. <laughs> it's just like, like Beyonce. Yeah, it's just like, OK, well, I mean, if that's how you feel. All right. Well, we're just going to keep on. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Um, and in, and if somebody I recognize that something may be offensive, perhaps then, you know, perhaps I'll have a conversation or I will clarify it without directly engaging it. But just kind of say what it is. That whole like was it the whole uh, Beyonce is anti-police thing. And then at a concert, she was just like, you know, there are a number of brave men and women that are, are great police officers that we appreciate and we need and I applaud them. Um, but there are some that are not so good. And those are the people that we're talking about. So if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it, walk past it. Um, but if the shoe fits like, yeah, what does they always say? Uh, a hit dog will holler. <laughs> like if it's you, well, I guess you're going to make some noise about it. Yeah. And sh- yeah. So y'all tell us what y'all think um, about Mimosas and OJ, our goals for the year. Hit us up on any major social media. I'm talking about major, like all of them, not major. <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at ChatDC. We would love to interact with you. We'll be back with our main dish. All right, guys, we are back and it is time uh, to get into our main dish for today. Today's main dish is heavy and it's a lot. It's a lot of crap. Um, But if you guys I don't if you guys haven't heard, I don't know where you've been. But last week, um, Lifetime released a docuseries over the course of like four or five nights called Surviving R. Kelly. And, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot of stuff. I think we, uh, a lot of what we had heard and rumors that we had heard and things that, you know, have been speculated over the years, 
Um, the docuseries actually kind of, not kind of, it went into a lot of detail and got testimonials from people and people told their perspective and the stories. And so we got a chance to see what has been going on and, and actually see like have something that we can view that kind of tells the whole story. So we're not hearing about one thing for a couple months and then it going away. And then, you know, the, a new song drops that we think is good. And then a, something else coming two years down the pipeline. This was a six part series that had everything included in it. Um, and it was a lot. It was super heavy. There's been continuous talks about it. Um, and so today we just kind of want to just dive into the series and just talk about it. Talk about um, our perspective, how we felt and and what happened. If you have not watched it, uh, I'll say you can you don't have to wait to, to, to you can listen to this and go watch it. But I definitely say watch it. And I think it's one of those things that it ne- we need to kind of push this conversations in our friend circles and our, our families and our lives, because it speaks to much more than just what's going on with R. Kelly, albeit what's happening with R. Kelly is a big deal. So uh, initial thoughts, Lisa, what did you think about it? I was blown away yeah. and I was blown away. One, because, you know, I remember when the Aaliyah thing stuff came out and I it's kind of like we all remember these points right. that, but it's like, you just never really think too deeply about it where you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Right. And so to see his whole story and to see that he started like this, like that he was pursuing girls in high school when he was grown mm-hmm. and like, he is a predator. It's not like, I don't know. I think when we thought of the Aaliyah story, we thought, man, these were two people that were working closely together that, quote unquote, fell in love. Right. Um, we we also thought that she was, we didn't realize how older. young she was. Right. We didn't realize. Yeah. How, exactly. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it, it slipped through the cracks in the minds. And then when the allegation came and the tape, um, he got off. Right. So it's kind of like. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And so then when the last claims came, this last wave about, you know, people are being held in a house against their will. And then they're saying these people are grown. It's kind of like you're thinking, OK, is this really happening or exactly. is this like extreme? Exactly. And so all of these little pieces is why I think he was able to get away with it because nobody ever like was like, oh, snap, let me connect the dots. But what this docuseries did, it was, it was like, hey, connect the dots and put it in our face. And so then the it showed, like, then you get yeah. the time. And then you start when going back to Aaliyah. And we we did an episode called AJ Nothing But A Number. It wasn't about Aaliyah, but it's just that, that phrase is in our minds. And this was the first time I thought, oh, snap, they were telling us. Exactly. The yeah. whole time. Yeah, yeah. The and song is cringeworthy at this point. Yeah, it's like, wow, that is what, like, I was just amazed that it's like, how did we miss it? Because he was literally hiding in plain sight. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, to speak to the point of the song, AJ, nothing but a number. I remember, I remember that was a running joke. 
And I remember being a kid and, you know, as a kid, you see like an older woman and you'd be like, you know, age ain't nothing but a number. It's always a joke from like the kids in. Right. It's something that mm-hmm. like a younger person says to kind of justify their attraction to interest in. And when I say attraction, I say it with quotes. Right. Because obviously you're a kid. The only thing you're probably thinking is about is like, I think I think she looked good. Um, I think this person's attractive. Like it's not like a. You're not thinking uh, fr- from a deep sexual perspective. You're not thinking about anything other than like I, you look nice to look at. I probably want to sit by you and eat food like that's really it. And so I for me, I'm thinking about the song and I'm like, wow, at no point in time as a kid. And honestly, it, to be honest, even as an adult, have I ever thought about an adult using that in the in the same way? Right. And so justifying it with a kid is age ain't nothing but a number. But here's this song that was sang by Aaliyah. Right. Who's a kid. Mm -hmm. And it was written by him. So all of this is orchestrated by him. And it's like, I'm going to do what everybody knows. I'm going to I'm going to put out a song in a way that everybody knows, which is this young person that is able to just talk about, you know, dating older. And everybody is like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with dating somebody a little older. But not thinking about it from the the reverse of this also is an older person saying this about a younger person, right? And so how creepy and 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 problematic that is in and of itself. Um, but so that was one of the things like for the as I was watching the docuseries, I was just like, what the heck? But for me, this was it, it was it was all the things that you said. Um, it was all of of there being this this long this long term all these events that have happened over a a span of time that when we think about them they kind of exist in a vacuum when we think about them we also know and i remember because so i've never seen the tape right um i know a lot of people that have and a lot of people i remember in high school that was one of the biggest things people used to talk about no that's that's r kelly or no it's not r kelly right and for me i remember thinking then well, why is this? Is why is it? If this is a thirteen-year-old girl, why is it okay for people to buy this? Isn't that like? Yeah, because you're participating in, in, in pedophilia. Yeah, right, right, right. So for me, and I remember even like being younger and just being like, I'm not really interested in seeing it because if you know whether it's R. Kelly or not, people are saying that it's a thirteen-year-old girl, which means that there's a possibility of having been a thirteen-year-old girl. And then there was this whole idea of watching somebody pee in somebody else's face or mouth, and I was just like, I mean, I, why would I ever want to watch that? That doesn't make any sense. That's so disgusting. Yeah, but I've never seen it, but I, I've heard, you know, the Dave Chappelle skit, and it was like this joke, and it's just like that is nasty. Right, but that and that's that's the thing. So I, th- I think you think about it back then. You think about okay, so he got off on it. He didn't go to prison for that. And it kind of became this pop culture joke. And so that's more of the reason that you'd be like, ah, you know, you don't really believe it because it's like it's funny. It's a joke. One one doesn't take it serious. Um, You're kind of desensitized to it because it's like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But the docuseries kind of putting everything, putting all of these things in in order and, and telling the timeline of here is, you know, when we should have first had a problem when MTV released that there was a, a released a marriage license uh, between the two of them, that should have been a problem. The mere fact that there was this hard cutoff between the relationship of the two of them, that should have been a problem. We knew that this stuff was happening, but I think that it's so 
it wasn't put in our face in this way. And I think that's the thing for me that's that that stood out the most about the docuseries was just like. I, and I almost I feel bad. I feel really bad for saying this, but it's like, yo, because I, I saw somebody say it's sad that you had we had to wait until this moment before people started to believe. And I was like, you know what? I don't necessarily know if it's that that people didn't believe but i think people just probably didn't understand the severity of what was going on right and i don't think we understood how um all of these things they they tell a story of something right like you know you're not getting all of these people um that come from different places come from different backgrounds people that work for you people that once supported you and were your biggest fans uh, i.e sparkle and then just say that oh well you know because her career flopped she wants this thing like i mean i don't know like that (laughs) i don't i don't think nobody checking for a sparkle right now yeah, but it's like for for somebody to say that, like, yo, she the reason because I, I do remember when she finally came out, I remember there being like this whole thing. They used to talk about it on the radio station in Jacksonville um, when she initially said like this was uh, her niece or I don't re- I didn't remember it being her niece, but I remember it being a family member that she said was involved in the tape. I remember her speaking out about that and people saying that. she was upset because her music career flopped. And that was kind of a whole thing. You know, is she just mad at him? Is she trying to get back at him? And I just remember thinking like, that's a lie, yo. Like, I mean, you can say this about- To drag your family? Yeah, to drag your family. It's simply because you want a music career? Like, that's some crazy stuff, right? But, you know, I mean, it was years ago, I was young, so I didn't think too much about it. But now it's kind of like- whoa, like this is even more of a problem, an issue, disturbing because this person has said it then and is still saying it and you still have people that like doubt, you know, and that have questions. So it kind of get to this point. One of the things that has been kind of coming up about it, actually, let's just talk more about it and then we'll go to that because that's kind of like a ending thing. Um, So I feel like one of the biggest parts, the the biggest ways and reasons that he's been able to do these things for so long is because of the people that enable him. Um, yes. Who would you consider? Because he can't read enablers? or write. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, his wife, I wasn't, I wasn't me. Okay. Go ahead. Because he can't read or write. <laughs> no, because that's the point his ex-wife made. She was like, he couldn't have done this himself because who could book the tickets? Like she was like, he really struggles right. to read and write. Right, so he right. couldn't have booked these things. Right. He couldn't have had girls fly in and out on his, his own accord. Somebody yeah. had to do it. Yeah. And every time you book a flight, what they ask you for? Your date of birth. Right. <laughs> like nobody started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. It's just like, hey, what's happening? Um, so I said that to say that, yeah, he had to have people around him. And like the guy said, he was in the room when Aaliyah got married. He forged the documents right, for, for, for R. Kelly. And then he was like, she looked at him like scared. And he just sat up there and let him marry 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the, so in, in terms like, he was disturbing. What's, what was his name? Was his name uh, Eddie? 
Fred. Was Fred? that the one who said he was excited that they got married? Because somebody said they was happy or something. Oh, no, they said they was happy he got off. Never mind. Okay. That was the guy that was like his role manager, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he like... <sighs> He disturbed me um, and but just kind of everybody in that space. Right. Because in talking about like who his enablers were, I feel like all of these people were his, were his enablers. Um, I say, yeah. And I, you know, while the background singer, like I believed her, uh, I feel like, you know, she was speaking truth. I feel like she spoke with so much conviction and, you know, the way in which she was just moved by this to me is very, very evident that, okay, so this really happened. Something did really happen for sure. For me, it was a little disturbing to say that, okay, so why when the first time something happened, you didn't you didn't say anything. And even in her talking about her, her love and affinity for Aaliyah um, and and them finding him having sex with Aaliyah. It's like so at that point, and she did say like the family was the family, their family kind of broke up, quote unquote. But it's like at that point, you apparently continue to work with him like because eh, eh. mm-hmm. you met other girls. Exactly. And I, I think that for me, it's so it's so disturbing. And I, what I try to do is I kept trying to, as I was watching, I was like, okay, so try to understand their perspective, try to understand, um, having this incredible opportunity to sing background, to live out your dreams. And you see, a, you see something that's like, you know what? I don't want to give this up because of my livelihood. Right. And, or because of my dream and I'm just going to turn a blind eye to it. But I think for me, it was just kind of like, at some point in time, you got to realize that you know maybe i need to plan my exit from this maybe i gotta start trying to audition for some other people so i can get onto another bus so that i can sing for that bus and then you know not have anything to do with this or put this bus out because he wasn't you know conglomerate huge international r kelly during this entire time so there was a period of time i guess for me that what i what i kept thinking was like there's a period of time where he wasn't that big that him you having bad blood with him wouldn't be a bad thing for you you know what i mean like he didn't have yeah, all this he didn't money. get big till actually when the tape came out yeah it was like around that time that like this whole because that was like the i believe that was like i believe i can fly type thing that came mm-hmm. out and it was just like that's a- when ignition. exactly that's when he like skyrocketed to be like oh r kelly but it's like before then yeah he probably had money and resources and pull but he, I don't know that you could not have made another relationship to kind of get yourself out of there. So for me, that was like, I was like, uh, I feel like there's something you could have done. But honestly, the guys that were are, are with him, it was like, bro, all of y'all are trash. And and, and then as a man, as an, a fully realized grown man, as an adult male, which maybe some of them weren't, but it's kind of like, how do you know? If you don't have a daughter, you you probably have a sister. If you don't have a sister, you probably got a, a cousin or niece or a mom or somebody. And and that no part of you can see this behavior. Or even if you ask yourself the question and speculate about this behavior, and then 
it comes to you when he was like, R. Kelly came to him and said, you know, hey, man, we got Aaliyah in trouble. I need you to help me out. And it was like, she's pregnant. And you like, man, I thought you wasn't doing this with her. I thought you wasn't doing this. With her. At that point, you have to check him. At that point, you literally got to say, dude, you are not going to be with these young girls by yourself. But I think it speaks to the bigger problem that I think all of this that goes along with all this is kind of a running theme is like, yo, we really place so much emphasis on on money and somebody having money and somebody having fame and celebrity and that's how this stuff is able to happen because you have people that are so enthralled with the idea of you being this this rich person that they forget like they don't they they can't fathom the fact that you could just very well be trash and I'd rather just be with somebody that's trash and enable them as a, than to go off and, oh, you work a, a regular nine or five. Ha, ha, ha. It's kind of like, yo, man, like you are part of you are part of the reason that this docuseries is here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're part of the reasons when people talk about like, oh, well, R. Kelly is responding to his own trauma, which I'm not going to disagree with. But it really irks me and gets under my skin when people say that, because while there it there very well may be truth to that at some point in time. And we've talked about this before, um, just in becoming an adult and having to own and take responsibility for yourself. So we there are all of us are impacted and affected by what what we went through as children. Right. Our childhood mm -hmm. impacts us today. But at some point in time, we have to become adults and say, you know what? As a grown-up, as a full adult, a fully realized adult, here is what I cannot do. <laughs> I cannot continue to say that I am not going to address this about what I went through as a child. I'm not going to continue to not talk about this thing that I went through as a child. It's not about putting your family on front street. It's just about saying, I need to get help with these things so that I don't become, you know, the product of that thing. So, yeah, you know, it might be true that he's going through that, but we still got to hold him accountable. Right. We still don't need to bring that up in every conversation because it seems like you're pacifying the behavior as opposed to trying to rectify it and get to the root of it. Like, no. Yeah, I completely agree. I I do want to. This is off the subject, but. We talked about it before we uh we started recording. It does a hundred thousand dollars make you rich. Yo. When his brother said, I want this man to be in prison for forever. Bro, like, for real? My boy said, oh, I didn't understand why he didn't take the $100,000. He could have been rich. I don't off. understand that to this day. He said to this day, right? Yeah, off of $100,000, he could have been rich? How? I was like, what? You must all the... How? <laughs> Where? <laughs> why? When? Because <laughs> like, he was also the one who said he like him. I like him older. He like him young. It's his preference. As if it was OK. Right. It, it was OK. It, it was OK. And this, sir, I don't know why you're in prison, but this sir, is the reason that for you armed are robbery. There. I think, it, I think this was. is the reason that you were there. Good choices, logical choices, making sense or just not your forte. It's <laughs> just not something that is working for you that makes absolutely no sense it's completely absent asinine and it's the most stupid like it's just dumb like i yeah 
So um, I just I, I know that was off topic, but I was just like I I feel like somebody else felt the way we did when they heard that. A hundred thousand, like really? It's like yo, even if he doubled that, you he still would not be rich. Shut up, like. <laughs> but it, it's so it's crazy because it's like I remember being a kid and thinking like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, that's so much. A thousand dollars? That's a you're rich. Right. That's a kid say that. When you get a hundred dollars, oh, I'm rich, mama. No. <laughs> you are like bust you are definitely poor like you don't you don't got no money yeah. but, but that again that that, that adds to this is the one girl's mom that he like paid her off with a thousand dollars yeah which I, I, i'm thinking he got people in very death he used to prey on people in desperate family situations too um so i wonder that he they were just really struggling and he knew yeah. that he could take advantage in that, in that space. Absolutely. To that point, that was actually, so I actually stopped, I stopped listening to his music maybe like two years ago, two or three years ago. I, it was either 2016 or 2017 that I was just like, okay, I can't do this no more. But the reason that I stopped listening to it and I never put this in, I'd never thought about this before. Right. Um, I think that was around the first time that like uh, an allegation of some sort of like sex cult existed and I remember people saying that they're, you know, they're they're of age. They are over 18. And it was kind of like and there was this whole thing that used to go around people like, oh, you know, nobody's mad at Hugh Hefner for having all these girlfriends. Essentially, R. Kelly is just being like the black Hugh Hefner. He has multiple girlfriends. And without knowing details about it, I remember saying like, yeah, I mean, I think it's weird, right? Um, but if that's what they sign up to do, then that's what they sign up to do. Like, it kind of, it is what it is. But I remember, I was, I think I was actually listening to a podcast and, and uh, one of the girls broke it down was that, you know, what a lot of people, and I think she was from Chicago, and apparently throughout this time, there's been a lot of like opinion pieces in like uh, Chicago newspapers or I don't know if the paper itself run story, ran stories. But I know a lot of people apparently like kind of on in in the city of Chicago were writing a lot and talking about it. And this has kind of been something that they weren't shocked about. But I remember her saying the issue that the, the reason that people don't think about this um, or what people don't realize is that he's not going to just any old girl. He's specifically and intently going to high schools, high schools that mm -hmm. are in the hood, high schools that are where impoverished people are. And he is dangling a little bit of money in their face and he's catching them up in that way. And, and, and his, his way of changing what he did was he would not engage in these sexual acts in the way that you know he did before when he was careless now he gets these girls when they're young and he feeds them this story about helping them become singers in their dreams and he essentially kind of prims and primes them until they become of age and then they've been brainwashed that this is the way of life the whole dad she spoke about the whole like call him daddy thing and stuff like that mm -hmm. which at the time i guess was a rumor and i just remember hearing that podcast and i was like yo everybody knows how i feel about like the hood and 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 people that don't come from money or or people that have a struggle because it's like yo don't count us out right and so me hearing that i remember i was like i can't do this no more i can't like your music even if it was that good i i cannot continue to support you in this way because this is you're intently going after 
people that's like my sister, people that's like my family, people that come from places I come to from, right? And you are brainwashing them and and they make the choice to be with you after they become consensual adults. But that is based on years of you kind of brainwashing them into doing it. And so it, to me, it was just at that point, I was like, I couldn't do it. But to that point, though, do you think there's a lot of one of the questions that's kind of been going on is just like, yo, um, do is this because of uh, it's it's happening to black girls? Do you think it's because they're happening? It's happening to black girls, or do you think it's just because men are pedophiles and they get away with stuff all the time? Well, so I don't want to what the the way when we talk about these things, mm-hmm. I think the overgeneralizations are not helpful. Right. Like men do this all men do this all the time. And I think saying always and never just makes communication very difficult. Um, And so I think, you know, there are some men that are pedophiles. R. Kelly is a very sick monster, but R. Kelly is not every man. Right. And I want to be careful of talking about R. Kelly in the context of every black man. So I I do want to make that, distinction because there are some good black men who care for their that are looking out for black women and and are fighting for black women's rights and that's not necessarily the minority either you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know what the ratio is it it, it may be 50 50 i don't i you know i don't have the exact number so i want to be careful with with saying that i do think that black women are are not seen as um as much as as majority culture women. So I do think that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there's truth to that, that um, in a space we black women have been the most marginalized group in society historically um, in America. So kind of like the double minority there, I mean the double, um, a, a double um, kind of thing, being black and being a woman mm-hmm. creates a, a conundrum. So I think that is a thing. Um, there is, though, for white spaces, like I didn't realize that Elvis was doing this too to right. girls and people overlooked it. And there's another white guy that was doing this too. Right. And they were white women. Right. So honestly, I think it is male privilege that allows this to happen, but I don't think it's exclusively to black people. I do think it happens more in our community. But I think it's happening in both in in all. Honestly, it's happening in all all communities. Yeah. Um, and two, I I just think about too, like the black the second black guy that's been found murdered or found dead in that in that white billionaire's home mm-hmm. in California. Uh huh. And how it's kind of being swept under the rug. So I do I do think there's just with power dynamics. I do think in addition to the fact that um this is black a black woman there's also not only a gender challenge but there's a classism gap yep too that allows this to continue so i think putting it all on gender may be oversimplifying it while i do think it plays a part there's so many other things that factor in so i don't want to put the burden all on one thing i do think it's a factor am i making sense yeah no i, I just wanted you. to make yeah. a more comprehensive view because i think sometimes in our criticisms we oversimplify and so when we oversimplify 
we all go to fix one problem when the problem is layered. Yeah, no, no, and I completely we, agree. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Now, I do, th- I completely gr- agree, but I think that a lot of it, if I would even say the majority of it, has to do with two things. It has to do with race and class. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I even, I had to check myself. So one of the, re- after watching this, one of the reasons I felt extremely bad and I was just really, really mentally jacked up and I was like texting a couple of my friends and I was just like, yo, this has really messed me up. Like for real, for real. And it met, what messed me up is I remember one, uh, one of the ladies had started to come out about her story and I remember her story being on and I remember she was talking. I remember like watching the video and kind of just saying, you know, I mean, you're a grown woman. Like, why would you go and do that? Why would you be with this guy? Right. Like if you didn't want to be with the man, let him go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, after I watched it, I I had to search myself and I was like, yo, I think I was able to feel that way because I don't see her as a victim. But then I have to ask myself, you see her as a participant. Exactly. But what is a victim? And I also have to ask myself if she was a little bit more articulate, if her language is a bit more eloquent, if she was blonde hair, blue eyes, would I look at her in the same way? And this is me. Society would, though. Society exactly. would look at her as a victim because he's a black man. Exactly. And that's what, so, yeah. but I, I had to say, this is me, though, right? This is me that's a champion for black people, that love black people, that is always wanting to give us the benefit of the doubt of anything. And that's, you know, and that just truly, just gen- genuinely believes that we are great and we are incredible. Am I looking at this sister and thinking that, she participated at at will and not being able to see how she could be manipulated. Right. And that junk just really jacked me up because I was like, I can't, the fact that I can't answer that I absolutely did not do that even just tells me that I didn't even consider that while she was, when I initially heard about her story and that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for me, it was like, that's a problem. This is a subconscious problem. And so as we talk about it and as people raise the question of like, yo, is this just because nobody cares about black women? I'm like, yo, I think that a large part of it is that. But I also think it's because the parents, these parents, he's 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 dealing with people that have a dream. Right. He's a, a lot of the 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 older ladies that he ended up messing with or, or doing this to. They were just amazed by r kelly about by who he was by what he's done by his music the ultimate fan the one lady said when people would talk about him before she met him she would put people out of her house she's cut off friendships because they would talk about r kelly that's how enamored she was with this man and so to meet him to be able to be in a quote-unquote relationship with him that he's he's please playing off of the fact that she is he's already got her without even meeting her right she 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 always feels privileged and fortunate just to know him for him to think about her or know her name so she is probably going to be a bit more uh, you know uh uh able to be manipulated or or convincing he's going to be able to convince her because of that and so for me i don't know just me not having the ability to think about that um before seeing this i was jacked up beyond belief like that really really messed me up yeah um, you know what jacked me up the most what's that was when 
that 17, he had that 17 year old girl um, doing stuff to that 13 year old girl. Yeah. Like I was just like, dude, you're sick. Like yeah. you're not only you're doing sick stuff, but you're making other people do sick stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Like that. I was like, I wonder like how that messed with her psyche when she found out that girl was 13 years old. Listen, like yeah. for her, like that crazy. And it was mind blowing that he even found another girl while he was on trial. Like exactly. <laughs> this man is on trial. And he finds another girl at the courthouse. And but I I think I was like that's the 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 thing that's so sick is that it it really just speaks to the uh, I I really just I kept attributing this to yo this is why we got to stop being so like googly eyed over anybody I don't care what they do like you know cool you're fine but I don't care how much money you have I don't care how many people know your name. You can, you are a human. You can be flawed. You can have issues. You can have deep rooted, deep seated issues and devils that you need to deal with. And I need to be aware of the ability for you to have that thing. Right. Because I really think, how has this been able to continue to happen and to perpetuate? And I think to, to whatever degree it is all because there's as a society and I don't even want to just put it on the black community. Right. Cause I, I, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about it. Um, this was like a big thing. I kind of everywhere. Everybody's been talking about this. Right. So I was listening to the radio and, uh, and I actually watched like a, someone's Instagram live. And one of the things they kept saying is, you know, black people, y'all do this and black people, we do this. And it was frustrating. I get really frustrated with that because, you know, this makes it it makes it seem as if this doesn't happen in other communities. It makes it seem like it's not as pervasive as it is in our community, which I personally just don't believe. I think that there historically, you know, there was that the lady, I think she was like a psychologist and she was talking about like, your, you know, Elvis Presley and all of them doing it, like you mentioned. And I think, you know, these things happen to them as well. I don't know what the response is. I don't know, you know, how they deal with it. Sometimes, you know, I try to catch myself of saying like, it's just black people that does it simply because I'm like, yo, I am black. And so it seems real mm-hmm. bad for me simply because I'm black. And I know it, the majority of like people. It's like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. It's like the majority of people I know are black. And so we know that this stuff is happening in other place, places. Kevin Spacey. And apparently people knew that Kevin Spacey was doing this. Yeah. And he was, and he was getting, getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody. Because exactly. it's like, like you said, people are googly eyes and then they don't see like what you said about not seeing people as victim is so profound because you got to think about how Harvey Weinstein got a lo- got away with this so long. People didn't see his victims as victims. Yeah, absolutely. because they were underage. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and there's this, this, this age old tale, which I've heard people say all the time, which was, you know, well, what are you getting out of it? Are you just mad because the deal went bad? Are you just mad because you didn't get as much money as you were promised? Are you just mad because he changed your mind or he found somebody else? And it's, it's one of those things that like, while there could be some 
women, men, anybody, right? That can say, you know what? I'm finna get next to this person because I know I'm finna get put on. And I'm just really finna finna uh get with them because, you know, they got they they got something for me. That is that's a possibility, right? That is definitely a thing. I think at some point in time, especially when a person if that were the case for one one time as an individual, as a man, I'm moving completely different from here on out. Like if I've been wrongfully accused of this once, when I tell you I'm moving so different that uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to be 30 and above. <laughs> I need to. It needs to be very clear, like our your your age, our interactions, the way we interact with each other, the people that are aware, the people that know, like literally I'm crafting and coming up with a plan. So my conscience can be clear. And because I'm a public figure that this thing doesn't it, it doesn't continue to, to harm me or be something that's absolutely not the truth. Like if these things were all a lie, you would really be saying, yo, any interactions that I have, if any, if I do have an interaction with somebody that's underage, when I tell you everybody going to be in a room, like I don't want your phone number. I'm talking you th- to you through my manager. I'm talking to you through, you know, this therapist that I just hired on on staff to talk to me, but to also make sure that I don't have a behavior of doing it. Like literally I'm coming up with something to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable. If this is something that was a mistake uh he didn't realize that he you were underage or you know he has a problem whatever it is like i'm moving different the fact that he didn't move different is kind of like um yeah no i think yeah what am i what am i not believing you know what do i have to 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 say it's not true like i can't do anything but believe this because your behavior is consistent. It's still the same. Like it hasn't changed. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so much. I mean, like this six part series, I feel like anybody who watched this and didn't come away with like, this is a problem. They're trash. Absolutely. It, it trash. amazes me that the defense of the, Things that people were saying. I think it was this one dude that was crying about they tearing black men down. I didn't get to watch it all because I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm and I'm, it's just it's. I think there's this this whole false dichotomy, and I see it when I talk to like when I have to have like these race conversations. Mm-hmm. That admitting that this happened and it was somebody that is of your same gender and race eliminates any goodness in that space. Right. And I think, I don't know what it is about saying this is a, for some, some people that black males in particular get offended saying we're tearing black men down. And it's kind of like in order to build something, in order to be something to be strong, you have to deal with the, the weaknesses in that. Exactly. You got to deal with it or it spoils the whole thing. Exactly. I I saw somebody start this whole campaign about, you know, the country is tearing down uh, black men. And this is what the country is known to do and has always been doing and and consistently. But that was produced by a a black woman, not a white. And, and, you know, to me, 
I, I always go back to that thing of like I remember you used to you used to, you would say you know you act like I can't walk and chew gum at the same time right <laughs> and so it's like so I can acknowledge the ways in which uh, the system is not fair to us right I can acknowledge mm-hmm. the ways in which you know as opposed to celebrating our successes it is, people are very quick to acknowledge our failures i can acknowledge the fact that you know we don't hear news stories about you know uh johnny getting out of the hood and opening his own engineering firm and creating this chip that his you know just revolutionized our lives we don't hear about that we're more than likely we're more more likely to hear about johnny getting 10 girls pregnant going to prison getting out of prison don't find no job sell dope lose his life and left 10 kids without a daddy like i i can acknowledge that that narrative exists and it does happen and at the same time i can acknowledge that i have listened to multiple accounts of women that come from different backgrounds, that are from different age groups, women that have proof that they knew him, have proof of pictures with him, have people that vouch for, I know you, I saw you, I didn't know your name because I wasn't allowed to know your name. I remember seeing you in the house. I remember engaging with you. I remember you being locked in a room. All of these women that don't have a relation to each other and and even if this were found to be true if if let's say it wasn't true and they they made up a, they all came together and just made up this story to be true none of them get anything from it yeah <laughs> right? and to me the out the argument it to me makes no sense because you're saying the system is always always against us but this time the system actually worked, worked in his favor us, over so, and over him being yes. us in a black man if you want to say it this was the system failing us that aren't in doing this failing us that have a mind heart and soul and 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 but working for those of us that just want to throw all that out the window and act as if it doesn't exist like because even when he got caught with a child point in miami he got off on the technicality it wasn't that he didn't have it it was just they didn't access it in the right in the way right so way. he got thrown out All on the technicality. technicality yeah so yeah. it's kind of like you're saying that the system is against us in this instance the system actually was an aid to him because he had that money and power and the system failed black women in this regard so it's kind of like you defeat your own argument when you keep saying it's, it's the system no, the system you're 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 proving the argument that the system is continuously broken. Right. right. But you're not saying the this system in this case wasn't targeting a black man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was it was enabling him in many cases. Right. These technicalities are the reason that even if we talk about like so you, you mentioned the technicality of the videos. But even if we talk about, you know, just the trial, the fact that they said that it was prolonged for so long, right? That he, when it came time, now these women that are on the stand are adults. Now he has and so gotten, they're like, oh, they're not victims. Exactly, like exactly. And one of the jurors, oh, it's the juror that, gosh, that one juror, and I don't know, I, that boiled my blood. So there's this one juror, he's an older guy. He said, he didn't believe the women. He didn't he didn't like the way he didn't like them. He didn't like the way they looked. He didn't like the way they talked. And they seemed like they were trying to but get something dressed. out of him. Yeah, the way they dressed. And that was 
to me. And I think that was the moment that I felt like that conviction of I'm going in on this dude, disgusted by him. Right. If I was literally in the room with him, I probably would have hit him. But subconsciously, I kind of did the same thing. Right. Like I kind of looked at this other woman and felt the same way. So that just really, really that just really bothered me. But it's kind of like, yo, he the system prolonging this. The system is what allowed this to be. The system is what allowed him to get off on that case. His ability to use money to to convince people to employ people in Sparkle's family to continue to employ those people and something that I don't it wasn't explicitly stated, but I think the reason that Sparkle's niece was blacked out of all of those like all of the pictures is because she is still with him. They talked about him having this trainer. It's the one girl that's been there for the longest. And she's the one that trains everybody. And she's like the one that has the most power and the most say so. It was Sparkle's niece. I was like, yo, wait, that's her niece. Like, She's still there. Yeah, she's still there. And so I'm sure the family is probably still getting some. When they asked Sparkle, like, if your if her family had gotten paid. And she was like, I don't know if my family's gotten paid. I honestly don't know. I don't know what happened. I just know that, you know, they continued to work with them. I know that I think it was her, her brother-in-law or some or uncle or somebody continued to make music, you know, and get like credits for, for making the music and stuff like that. So it's like, yo, this is the, the system as a whole that we want to criticize. And that we want to start this campaign that the country is out to just harm a black man. Right. Cause this one black man represents us all. That's the other problem that I have with this statement. Like, you know, one black man doing something that you got multiple people saying that he's, he's done right. There's a video that you probably watched that <laughs> people look at and say like, Oh, this is him. When they, they show like the little side profile clip, um, I guess from the video, I, I, I think it was was from the video. And I was like, well, if that's the video, that's definitely R. Kelly. <laughs> like if this is the video, that's R. Kelly. You this side profile, you know, nobody ain't looking that much like you, bro. That is you. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have so many people that say it is people that's a part of the family that says I watched it and that is surely him. And that is my niece, uh, uh, a friend that gets on the stand and says, I know that it was her because I had a conversation with her about it. Um, All of these moving parts that if this comes out, they're not getting a check. They're not getting a people started to go in on Sparkle because I guess after the the last part of the docuseries was released, she released a song. Right. And it was like. People are like, oh, you know, she's taken, you know, obviously this was all just done for promotion. You know, she's trying to get on. Okay, so let's be honest. Right. And this is I I think Sparkle has a beautiful voice. But I don't care if she dropped that, you know, right after Jesus came back. Who's going out to buy it because of that? Nobody. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like the new generation don't even know who Sparkle exactly. is. Exactly. The and, only I never listened to a Sparkle song. The only time, the only reason I know who Sparkle is is from when the woman's fed up video. Oh dang! <laughs> I know who Sparkle is, but but it's I, so I I just I that whole for me the whole logic of like she just did is like okay yeah did she use this to to probably drop a song I mean to because people were gonna talk. I, Oh, sure. But we live in the United States of America. We live in a capitalist society. We live in a place where you have 
people that actually have the ability to impact your lives, right? That are using a, a situation where you got 800,000 people that are out of a job and they're using it to, to, to push an agenda, a selfish agenda. That's not going to bring no, no sort of benefit. So, I mean, are we going to criticize everybody for doing this? Cause everybody is trying to sell, sell a record. Everybody is trying to get a dollar. If there was an opportunity for you to make money off of people that knew who you were, would you take that opportunity? More than likely, most people would. Hearing that, was I like, dang, bro, you probably should have just did it when it first came out or maybe wait a couple weeks and then just drop it. Like, don't make it seem like that. Optically, I would I would agree. But does that diminish your story? No. Do I think that you finna sell a million uh, copies of this single because you did it during this docuseries? Fem, no. (laughs) Like, And like you said, this is not the first time she's told this story. So it's not like... She just decided one day I'm going to, this is the new revelation. She's been saying this. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, exactly. So there's a couple things like, uh, to get into this, we've been talking for a minute, but I just kind of want to hit these points about like parents. Right. Mm-hmm. So the parents, Can we start with Aaliyah's parents. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So we, we talked about a lot of parents, but I think we got to go back to the original parents, which is Aaliyah's parents. Aaliyah's mom apparently released a statement saying that, um, she doesn't know who the background singer was, is she's never known her her story about her having this uh, deep relationship with Aaliyah is false she's never met this woman and she was always there with Aaliyah and so them having the allegations of them having sex wasn't true because her and her husband or her or her husband or something like this I'm paraphrasing by the way her her husband somebody was always with Aaliyah when she was on the road all the time well what 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 about when she got married okay mama yeah so I was like okay mama so come here, mama. Come here. Let me come on. Come on. Come here, mama. So, you know, they got married. Right. And you know that there is a marriage certificate that had been published as well as an annulment order that it was published as well. So, mama, now that we can only have one reality. We can have the reality that you agreed to get married. Or we can have the reality that you wasn't there and you didn't agree because we can't have both of them because we know one is factual and one existed. Mama, and what do you do after you get married? Exactly. That's what I was getting at. So, mama, here's the other thing, ma. So, ma, so when you got married, now, did you hold your husband's hand for the rest of your marriage or did y'all go and make a new song together? Did y'all sing? Y'all probably laid down, right? Okay, mama. So, like, it. Mama, one plus one will always equal two. Like, it was just, I, I don't understand. And I get it. And I, well, I don't want to say I get it because I don't get it. But I hear, I've kind of always felt like this way. Like, I feel like Aaliyah's family, you know, rest in peace, Aaliyah, great music. I think she honestly was a cultural mover when she was alive. You know, everybody was just enthralled by Aaliyah. She was always just cool. Like, what she, she was the wave, if you will. Like, that's Aaliyah. Her, her her style just she was just so chill and all that stuff like i feel like everybody could relate to her women could relate to her dudes could relate to her like she was just real dope real cool even her in interviews like it was fine and i get that but i kind of think that this like sanitizing of her legacy it, while i get it and i understand i think that you know at some point in time we are acting as if she wasn't human and she right and she wasn't she wasn't 
and I don't want to say she was flawed. She was with people that were flawed. Like <laughs> it's because it's not honestly her interactions with R. Kelly for me has very little to do with her. She was what twelve when she met him. I can't fault Aaliyah for none of that. I can't even fault Aaliyah if she was twenty one and with this man after she had met him at twelve. I can't fault Aaliyah. I have to fault the people that were around her and around him. And so this whole idea of like this couldn't have existed because Aaliyah wasn't that type of girl or it couldn't exist because we loved Aaliyah. Like, you know, I'm sure all of these people's parents love them. And look what happened. I'm sure somebody in R. Kelly's life in camp love him. And look what happened. So mama's whole like I just that whole thing was just like ma just come on mama like you you make yourself look worse like you you should have just not said anything right you if you were gonna say something you should be like you know what I watched the docuseries and the part about uh, you know I feel sorry for the people that have been impacted but the part about Aaliyah I was unaware. Let it go. Or just say, I feel bad for all the people that were hurt and don't say anything about it. But to come out and just be like, yo, they never had sex because we was always there. But there's a whole living, breathing uh, marriage license that's like, all right, lady. All right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's interesting to me? Even the fact that they got married. I was like, what, what did y'all think was going to happen? Yeah. Like, what did y'all think the next? It was like very short sighted. And for him to be, it seems like he's a, even though he can't read or write, it seems like he's a critical thinker as it relates to manipulation. Yeah. So that sound, that that seemed like a very irrational move. Was it, uh, yeah. I was going to say it's interesting too, though, to the point of like him not being able to read and write. I, like, he's not stupid. You know what I mean? That don't necessarily, <laughs> that don't make him like dumb unable to have like obviously you know in terms of music he's extremely talented that's just a natural talent he can think through situations you just can't give him something to read the situation and come up with a, a you know an understanding of what's there or write it down but he can think through talk to he obviously has mastered the ability to charm people right he can impress people he can do that and that is all a part of you don't have to be literate to do that that literally is what people have been doing for forever. Think about kids. Like they know how to, they know how to get their parent to give them what they want, or they know mm-hmm. how to, you know, make people like them and they don't know how to read or write. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I think that's, I say that though, to say that what a lot of people have said, and I, it was another, you know, the campaign for the, the they're taking down the black men. One of the things that was said was that, you know, here is a person that we have, has been admittedly is is not literate and how is it that they can come up with these schemes what (laughs) like huh you don't have to be able to read to come up with a scheme like you just know what you want you know if i say this people smile and the person that has what i want if I keep saying this, it'll make them smile if i say it enough they'll keep smiling if i say it multiple times they'll smile for a long time and all of a sudden they'll give I'll have what what they what they have, which is what I want. Like it's not it's really simple, guys. Like it's yeah. not it's when, not when, when when I think what people don't realize is when they say that, they they actually um a second white supremacy. Because for a long time we couldn't read or write. Right. We weren't allowed to. Right. And so that was the narrative was we were dumb. Right. And it's really they were keeping us from it. So when we do say, 
paint somebody as like you said the guy did uh, or men were doing about black men you actually you actually second the those who are white supremacists yeah you affirm it you tell them that yeah, you know what you're right yeah, you tell them, you know what, you're right, because we couldn't do anything else because we couldn't read or write in your language as if there's only one language. There's no other language to learn. You know, that's it's impossible for you to be intelligent because you can't read or write now. Like, And somebody who admittedly not only he knew he couldn't read and write and at some point in time gave up the the idea of wanting to learn to read and write. Like what I can say, and he was smart in in and this is business you always staff your weaknesses uh and you don't sometimes you don't necessarily worry about sharpening them um you know whatever you're not weak at you just staff it that makes you actually to me smarter than trying to learn everything now exactly. I'm, I'm not saying not learn to read or write but you i, I think you get the yeah 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 no no he, he realized what his weaknesses are and he found people that were strong in that area and said, okay, you do you and I'll continue to do me. I'll focus on being doing me while you go out and do you. Yeah. But it's, it's, and it's to that point though, that it's like, if we recognize that, yo, a person can do this, maybe that'll help you believe and understand um, that this is a thing. But one of the things I've, I decided to, to stop doing was trying to convince people. Because I found mm-hmm. myself getting into actually a text conversation with a family member, actually, about trying to get them to see that this was a thing. And then at some point in time, I realized for me, it was like, yo, I'm spending so much time, energy and getting frustrated. And it's not that you can't believe it. You don't want to believe it. Right. And so you have you take this position of I just want to. I, I only see this. I see that people are out hurting uh, black men. And so that's just is what it is. And at some point in time, bro, if that's what you want to do and that's how you want to do it, I'm not here to try to change you because I'm pro- it's probably I probably won't change you. But what I can say is that hopefully you don't have a daughter. Right. And hopefully your daughter don't go through the same thing. Um, one of the things I want, I know we haven't talked about the, the, the parent, all the parents, but one of the things I want to say, I watched the video of uh, Master P's response, right? And oh, what did he say? I didn't see that. He was essentially like, you know, it's on these parents, like you sitting there and, and you, if you knew that your child or you believe that your child was in this, uh, was in this, 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 studio i wouldn't have been outside throwing no rocks trying to get attention it would have been i would have been all up in there and i would have been all up and through that and i would have made it happen that's what you do for your kids your children yada 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 and i got frustrated with his response because i was like yo this is you as master p saying this right this is you that have you know a 250 i think i heard recently that his net worth was like 250 million dollars 250 million dollars This is you that has, you know, a vast network. This is you that has connections. This is you that own probably a bunch of guns and a lot of kind of exotic guns, right? This is you that could wait until the middle of the night and go in there and bust the door down and have enough people with you that if anybody pulls out a gun, tries something, you can take care of it and still in enough time to get away. That is not the average person. And so while I think there's some responsibility that we it's fair to associate with these parents, like taking your 
70 year old daughter to an R. Kelly concert for your birthday. Like, come on. But while I think there's some responsibility we can associate with them, I think we can't criticize them based on their efforts of trying to get their child now or based on them speaking out about them because their child is gone and say in a way we can't criticize them in the way of saying, well, if it was my child, I would have been up there doing this. As Master P, yeah, as the average Joe Blow that got a job and also have other children, if you fly to Chicago, do something that crazy and end up going to jail, who's going to take care of your other children? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not that simple. It's not that cut and dry. And I think that while I followed what he was saying and because everybody's like, true, I was like looking at comments. People like, truth, truth, truth. This is so true. And it's like, while I follow what he's saying. That is not true for everybody. That's what you would have done. And I could probably believe that you would have done that. But I also know that you probably know enough about this man in the industry that your child would have never been around him in the first place (laughs) and didn't need to be around him because you already have what he is offering. One of the things I'll say this about the parents. One of the things that really kind of made me feel bad for them, for the ones that I was really angry with initially. Every one of them, I think it was the the girl, Azriel, her parents, and the other girl, Joycelyn. Both of their parents, at some point in time, said, I thought this person could help make her dreams come true. That bothered me. Whenever you say that, that bothered me. Like, I was really annoyed. But I also started to think, Y'all are doing you guys have so much of a dream of trying to get out of whatever your situation is. Right. And I don't know if these people mm-hmm. are poor. Um, I mean, the fact that the, the the one couple said Azriel's parents said they got on the, the flight the next day when they heard something was going on to Chicago from Florida. I was like, oh, y'all got some kind of money. Exactly. The day before, fam, that ain't that's not happening like that. But I was like. What makes me feel bad is there's this hope in this dream. And again, why I go back to we got to change our perception of like celebrity and fame and money because they're they want they probably were equally as excited that they were willing to, you know, ignore the signs or they were willing to work with somebody that it has been a joke and a running joke that this man has done this with, you know, underage girls and has peed on them. And, you know, you heard of whether you knew the details about Aaliyah or the details about the trial. The one lady, Kitty, that says she never heard of the tape in the video. I, that was the lady. She was the one of the older ladies that he ended up. Um, she was like 35 when they started dating. Oh, she was like the, the radio DJ. Said, you need to watch the video. Yeah, she was like, now, I just, you know, she's. Oh, girl said like she had never heard of the tape and never mm-hmm. seen it. No. And then when she saw the girl on the tape at the hanging around him or something or saw an underage girl and she still continued to be in relationship with him. Now, I can. Yeah, I can take that. You never saw it, but you never heard of it. You work. You're a disc jockey on the black network radio station in Dallas, Texas, in a major city. Nobody has made that joke. <laughs> Nobody has said anything about R. Kelly. Like I'm I'm not really inclined to believe that. I don't know. But again, I go back to he played on for me, and the thing that made me feel bad about the parents was like they probably had this aspiration, this this dream for their daughter to be to make it, right? To be a celebrity. She's gonna buy us a house and she's you know, she's gonna be the next Aaliyah. Um 
and they probably had this dream. And so uh, part of what motivated them to ignore the signs or to just give it a chance was the fact that I want this dream for my daughter as well. Right. And I, I feel what makes me feel bad about it is I know that oftentimes you're coming from, I'm not justifying what they're doing. I'm not saying it's right, but that probably came from this space of them not having much or not achieving their dreams or not being able to, you know, go and just go off into this space and be a creative, which maybe they wanted to do or had some desire to do at some point in time. And so you see, this is an opportunity that I can give that to my child, but because you don't realize everything that's going along with it and how public this is doing it. You didn't sit down to even do your own research. Google, type in Google, see what's being said about him, right? Because their thing actually happened after the other girl's parents spoke out, I believe so. And so it's kind of like the fact that that dream, he kind of played on that even with you guys and you guys kind of gave into it based on that dream is like, yo, I feel real bad for y'all. I still want to hold y'all accountable. Like, I honestly, y'all need to serve some time too just because... Come on, fam. Like, maybe not serve time, but, like, somebody need to put y'all in a boxing ring and, like, knock y'all out a couple times. Because, like, how you... The R. Kelly concert at 17? And he pulled and her on stage? And that close front row and proximity yeah. that day. And he pulled her on stage and... And you, and you let, let her, her go? Oh, heck nah. I would have stood on that stage so fast. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. Anybody want to go home with... Ke- no. We not... We about to go home. Come on, get your stuff. Like, yeah. How about she gets seen? I was like, something is wrong with this picture. Yeah. All the way. No, we, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. It, it just, it's, you know, the, what, the, the, the parent I felt uh, bad for was the one whose daughter, um, got stuck in the hotel. I mean, she rescued her from the hotel. Yeah. It was the girl, Dominique. Her yeah, mom, because her she never it was that her mom never like presented her to R. Kelly. It was like, oh, she met R. Kelly through a friend and she got stuck and uh, she that way. Yeah, and she didn't know about it. But she also was the one that took action to me. She was the one that made it. She when she found out about it, I think she said her friend called her. She found out about it. She got his number and she called him directly. That to me was like, yo. When you found out, you immediately went into action. You weren't thinking, well, you know, it's R. Kelly, so he got money. You know, maybe he could. Now, you was like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Now, this is not going to (laughs) work. Now, we not going to do this. And you tried to do something. For me, I respect that. She was the one, and watching, like, the fifth episode, she was the one that, like, just messed me up altogether. Like, because you saw how much love she had for her. But then mm-hmm. you also saw how much fight she had because of that love. So it wasn't just like, oh, I love my daughter. I want to be good. It's like, no, I am going to keep fighting to get my daughter to get in contact with my daughter. I'm going to keep fighting to tr- try. When she walked into that hotel room and came up with that whole elaborate story, it's Mother's Day. And so I just wanted to um, surprise my daughter, yada, yada, yada. And her, like her voice changing everything. I was like, oh, you the goat. This is good. This is really, really good. Yes, that was that was hard to watch. But I was like, when she rescued her, I was like, yes, it was it was it was a a good moment out of all of that um, to see them reunite. Yeah, 
But I, this document, I mean, we can talk about this for forever. I, again, if you guys, if you have not seen the documentary, you got to watch it. You absolutely have to watch it. Um, it's six parts. Find the time to watch it. You can watch it and, and, and you know, you don't have to binge it. You can watch it over a co- course of days. I think that ultimately is extremely important for this to be out there because I think that it speaks to a lot of things that we don't talk about in our community. Um, and, and, and people in general won't talk about it. I'll say that, but you know, we're part of the black community. So I'm gonna talk about us. We don't have, we have a tendency not to talk about how this thing is not just happening with somebody like R Kelly, but it could be happening with a family member. It could be happening, you know, within a, the space of church, it could be mm-hmm. happening with people that you trust and nobody says anything about it. Right. And, but you see how hurtful it is when you don't, you see how these women, some of them years removed from it and at the, the sight of it and speaking about it, it breaks them down. You see how not even speaking to your young child about, you know, the reasons that you have to be mindful, the reasons that you have to be careful, the reasons that you can't go spend a night at everybody's house and be around everybody um, is because things that can happen and once they get to a, an old enough age, expose them to the depths of this type of thing so that they can be mindful of what to look out for. Somebody's telling you from now on, call me daddy like fam. No, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Being able to acknowledge mm-hmm. that. I feel like in many cases, what allows this type of thing to breed is people don't know. And so when they see some behavior, while it may seem peculiar in nature, it's still kind of like, well... This person still does all these great things for me. So I'm willing to overlook this, this one thing. And then one thing becomes two and three and four and five. And then it it snowballs. And so you're overlooking an entire person as opposed to being able to look at it and say, no, hey, I've been put on game. We had conversations. Fam, I'm not calling you daddy. Oh, call you daddy. Okay, well, bye. And I'm, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like. So I think it's important for us to keep shedding light on this, to keep talking about these things so people can continue to watch it. Number one, so that somebody can do something about about it with him from a legal space. Right. Because I feel like if he's he seems apparently so, so careless about it or has been so careless about it that I feel like with the right legal team, somebody can find something to hold him to hold hold to him that will stick. But also to make sure that we're making people mindful of it. So that's it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Y'all hit us up on our social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, We are on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. Use the hashtag ChatBC and we will be back with our Toaster Roast. All right, guys, we are back and it is time for our toaster roast. So my toast for my first toast for 2019. Oh, wow. My toast is actually going to be to New Year's resolutions. So I have not been a fan of New Year's resolutions. I have always thought that, you know, the new year is a change in the calendar, the calendar day, Um, you know, how I felt in 2018. I feel this way in 2019 because it's tomorrow for whatever reasons. I don't really know why, but this year I've kind of been in this space of acknowledging the newness, acknowledging like a fresh start, right. And acknowledging the challenge. I say a fresh start as like a new challenge. Uh, 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 This is kind of marks a mode and a moment for me to challenge myself in a different way than what I did last year, even though it was yesterday. So 
I set some 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 goals, if you will. I've still kind of struggle with the term new resolution, but we can say goal resolution or whatever. And so far, I've been, you know, sticking to it. I've been doing pretty well. Um, there's one that I actually need to tune up a little bit. Um, but the other I have been making it happen. Um, and so and I, I've. I've been making it happen, but I also know people who've been making it happen for themselves as well. And so I'm just thankful, right? I'm just really, I'm, 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 I'm glad for the energy. I think, you know, I have, I feel like in my old age, I've become very, very aware of energies and spaces. Um, when I say energies, I'm, I'm saying like the energy people give off and being around certain vibes. And I've been around people who have the vibe of like, hey, like this is what I, I plan to do this year, what I plan to accomplish this year. And not only saying it through lip service, but it's actually saying like, here's what I've done to get there so far. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. I appreciate that. And I feel like kind of keeping that same kind of vibe actually f speaks to me and feeds me and, and, and pushes me to be like, dang, that's what you did. OK, cool. You know, we, we only we only so many days in and you got two things kind of you made some strides and like two major things like you made some financial commitments to two major things. You know, you made some like time commitments to two major things Bet, let me get on my job. Right. So I, I'm just thankful for it. I'm thankful for a, a new year. I'm also thankful for this kind of the idea of a new year resolutions. Cause I think what we probably missed typically when people fall off is this idea that if you fall off, first off, get back up, but then also make sure that you're staying around people that are challenging themselves in that same way. So you can get it done. So I am toasting for 2019 to new year's resolutions. I hope y'all are keeping up with y'all's. If you set some, like we talked about earlier, um, if you haven't set some, set some, set some goals. You don't even have to call it resolutions. Just make it a list, put it somewhere where you can see it. And every day wake up and commit to doing it. And that's my toast. That's what's up. I'm trying to commit to mine. So I want to, uh, toast to TSA. Usually I'm not, you know, I don't like going through TSA. Thankfully I got pre-checked now. So it really is very short, but I'm going to toast to them because we are in the middle of a government shutdown and they're not getting paid. And the fact that they are still for everybody who is still working and not getting paid, toast y'all because yes. you're keeping us secure. I thought about the fact like I've been seeing I just came from back from New Orleans. So obviously I was on a plane. I had to go through TSA and I was like, man, what if all these people checked out? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm so thankful that they are. And a side note, I want to roast to our 45. Because the president of the United States who said that he understands what these people are going through. <sighs> and he said they just got to talk to their landlords and they'll probably get some cushion. I'm like, sir, the real world? You've never been in like, like exactly. paycheck to paycheck. Not at all. And you've been a landlord and they have you on tape saying that basically you don't take any mess. Right. So why would you think that people would just be, I mean, maybe big organizations might be lenient, but you know, people renting from people that need their money to pay the mortgage to even keep the facility. Yeah. Like even, even big time companies I've, I've talked to, I was talking to a couple of people here, not to cut you off, but I was talking to a couple of people here about the last government shutdown. And they were like, you know, they reached out to their complex and was like, Hey, you know, it's a government shutdown. And they're like, okay, 
Like that's not stopping. Nobody's people aren't that willing. People believe that, but people aren't that willing to actually work with folks. Some people are legit saying, yo, you still going to get this eviction notice if I don't have my money. That's it. Like nobody's out here like, oh, well, you know, no people like, okay, don't have the money. You get evicted. It's that simple. Yeah. So, um, toast to the, um, those who are working and not getting paid and roast to those to, And it's not just, um, 45. It's, it's basically all of Congress. Cause what I don't understand is why do they wait till the last minute to approve this budget? Like, why can't they, some, I think commentators on both sides were saying that there shouldn't be, we wait to the last moment to approve this. Exactly. We should be working towards this to avoid this from happening. Exactly. And then even the extension was just an extension for another month. It's like, guys, what are y'all doing up there? Exactly. I agree. Absolutely nothing. 100% on both agree. sides, they're doing absolutely nothing but serving themselves. Yep. For the most part, not all, because there are some people who are actually working, but most of them seem to just be serving themselves on both sides. Couldn't agree more. One hundred percent. So we're going to leave you guys with our good vibe for this year, for the year, Lord, for the, the first good vibe of the year. My bad. Um, the good vibe is. Uh, We often think our positions, institutions and organizations are worth more protection, are worth more protection than the truth and avoid losing what we hold dear. And that is by Diane Langberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a a therapist that works with institutions. And um, so, yeah, this is important because she deals with people who are leading institutions and people are scared to say something because they don't want to make the institution look bad. Exactly. Or they don't want to make the person look bad. And that's what happened with R. Kelly. It's like, yep. if, if he goes down, my job goes down. Uh, and yeah, I don't and have any. So. Yeah. And so we, we completely forget that, yo, there's, you know, there's people, people have like lives and, and, and this is a thing. This means something. We got to care about people's lives. We got to care about, bringing people to justice and and saying something because yo people are really and truly it affects people's lives not in the short term but in the long term so yeah definitely so y'all thank you for listening to another episode of brunch culture we appreciate uh all of our our listeners i was just in um new orleans and one of the guys he was like my wife loves brunch culture she's waiting on another episode um and so um, I just I'm encouraged every time I hear that it brings us, puts a smile on my face and I know it puts a smile on Randall's face yes. which I'll all keep rocking with us and keep listening uh, we're trying to be more consistent in 2019 help us be accountable to that uh, we will yes <laughs> yes we will we will so follow you could you can watch, listen to all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com you can subscribe on iTunes we're on Spotify Google Play, literally, wherever podcasts are, we are. So we, are, we can yes. say that now. Yes. We can say that now, officially. Follow us on podcasts. Twitter at Brunch Culture. Huh? No, I said we everywhere you get podcasts. It was lame. Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, and on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.